0: So nice. Well, seeing not seeing your face at this very moment, but I was seeing your face earlier. <laughs> nice to finally meet outside of Clubhouse. How are you?
1: Here, yeah, I'm super excited to be on here, and um, I'm doing great.
0: Good. Well, you know, we're gonna get into some like pretty intense cheese me today. So, I know I definitely need the wine, and today I am drinking a 2017 a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles called Liberté. So this is kind of the crazy thing about it. My friend gifted this to me, and apparently it's from Trader Joe's. And it says it's from, like, the Familia Nueva vineyards, but I cannot find the vineyard. Like, I did so much research. So if anybody hears this and knows who that is, because I've been creating this really, like, kind of the ultimate Latino wine brand list and I can't find who these are so I don't know if it's a real family or not but are you do you happen to be partaking in the libations today
1: I just have some agua in my cup some water and that's that's, that's what I'm going with tonight I'm chilling <laughs> with, with my water <laughs>
0: Well, especially after what we're going to be talking about, I definitely am like I, I need a hell a heavy pour, <laughs> so I definitely poured myself a good a good drink tonight. Um, let me just kind of give everybody. It your sounds bite. good though. The wine
1: sounds real good.
0: Yeah, you know you're gonna to have to try it one day. There there's so many really good wines that are not that aren't super expensive. Trader Joe's tends to have a lot of them. But here's I'm I'm putting it around. That's around, like spinning it around my glass. And then let's see, I have to do the cheers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Salud. (laughs) Salud. Very much, very much. All right. Um, So you are Afro-Dominicano. You were born and raised in Brooklyn. And you're a father, a husband, and someone who wants to make the world a better place. And I love your mission to try and turn toxic masculinity into healing masculinity, one conversation at a time. I love that, Mosul, seriously. We are in this moment where, you know, you and I met on Clubhouse in one of the rooms in Clubhouse. And I think this conversation came up, right? And I think in the middle of our conversation- if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong. And, and that this is how, why we connected in the middle of our conversation, somebody had, one of the females had shared her story about being slut shamed. And then another gentleman basically turned it around, making it about him. Correct.
1: Correct. 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 That's exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> and I was like, Um, excuse me. (laughs) And then the females were very, because this is something that there, there's, there's lots of ins and outs and we will definitely get into it, but you had talked and then you were the one who came up and you're like, you know what? We cannot do this. We cannot. This woman is telling her story. It's completely somebody being slut shamed and becoming this person where, people are coming at her is very different than what you're experiencing. These are very different experiences. We cannot negate her experience and make it about us. And at that moment, I was like, I need to have him on the podcast because we need to talk about this. So are you ready to get into it, Mosul?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just I was born ready. First and foremost, I was born (laughs) ready. But yeah, I'm super excited for this conversation. And I love having these conversations because... Um, they're they're needed, you know, they're very important conversations and yeah. our communities need these conversations. So let's get into it because I'm ready. Absolutely.
0: Yes. So I know that you grew up in Brooklyn, but I want to hear, I would love to hear about your experience growing up in that area and what your male role models were growing up.
1: Well, you know, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, like you said. And, um, you know, I was born in a heavy, uh, Dominican culture you know my parents from Dominican Republic um, they're immigrants they came here you know when they were teenagers and uh, you know I witnessed a lot of things that you know that were pretty much normal to me and as I got older I realized that it wasn't the right thing you know but I, I think when you're growing up right and in, in the culture you grow up with your parents you grow up with your family you just assume that certain behaviors are okay. Like catcalling, she harassment, that's normal. You know, a pretty girl walks by, you're supposed to compliment her. You're supposed to get her attention. People try to get her attention, things like that, you know? Um, and and as I got older, you know, I realized that, you know, those things are so wrong. And uh, my upbringing was pretty much like that. You know, like I, I I love my culture and I love everything about it, you know, but I also I also I've, I've had to unlearn many, many things, you know, that that was learned through through seeing my father or my uncles or my older cousins, you know, seeing how they interacted with women, and you know, and there are a lot of things that I had to unlearn because it's not the it's not the right thing to do, and it's not how I want to raise my son or my children, you know, to interact with women with anybody else. Um, so that was pretty much my upbringing. It was really uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was really. Uh, to the point where it was a, such a strong machismo culture like my dad cooked, my dad tried, you know, but there were still things in here and there that were still very machista, you know what I mean?
0: So when you're thinking about your father and the male, the male people that weren't around in your life, What are the thing and like what was your relationship with females in school because i'm sure they would that those traits somehow some way would come out right the things that you would see in regards to how like you said the cat calling or anything are those things that you saw now that you look back right because obviously when you're young you you don't know you're Mm -hmm. you're emulating what you see but are there things that you're like oh crap Damn, I did that shit when I was younger, or I did that, or the what? What are the things that you recollect the most in regards to that? And you can cuss here. I'm cool with that.
1: <laughs> okay, cool.
0: Um, Some people are like, "Can I I'm cuss?" I'm like, cusser, "Yes, but
1: that's good. To, that, that, that's good."
0: Sometimes you need it for <laughs> that's emphasis. Good to, that's
1: good to know. So, um, you're right. You're right. You're right. But um, I, you know, growing up. I'm going to be honest like I've always been somebody who I you know people always call like charismatic you know I like speaking you know like I had a way with words and things like that you know but I I think that um one of the things that 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 I learned that really thinking back that you know I was like damn that's wrong was just like kind of like feeding I don't say feeding but kind of like Saying things you don't mean to somebody, you know, what I'm saying, saying things to a woman that you don't really mean to a sorry to a girl growing up in school, like, hey, you know, I really like you, just just to say that, just to get her attention, or just to get her to kiss you, you know, what I'm saying, I'm saying you being a young kid, you're just trying to get a kiss or trying to, you know, get her to hug you or whatever the case may be, things like that, you know, like manipulating the situation, trying to manipulate girls and women, you know, things like that are things that I think that that I really I learned not just not just through. My, not just through my father through my through role or my role models growing up just in society period you know that's what it teaches us that you have to pursue the woman and you know the way to do it is you have to be persistent you have to talk or you, know, you have to get her into it you have to make sure you you maneuver and you you know you you speak with that swag to get her get her attention and things like that right. you know and um at the end of the day that's not the way to go about it Yeah, we grow up and it's like, if a
0: boy pulls your hair, it's because he likes, I mean, we're taught that girls are taught that from a young age as well. If a boy's hitting you or if he pulls your hair, it's because he likes you. And we're already getting put in that mindset of, so if a boy hits me, he likes me. (laughs) I mean, you think of it grown as a grown up, and you're like, that makes zero sense. If you like me, you're not going to hit me. Thank you. I hit back just so you know. Just kidding. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's you get in (laughs) that you get you start getting those things put in your head at a very, very young age. So like you said, like boys are taught to be the aggressor. And then if you're not the aggressor, there's something wrong with you. Right. Girls are taught to take it. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you what does machismo or to- and toxic masculinity, what does that mean to you? Because I feel like everybody has a little bit different definition in how they would, like ha- what that would mean to them. What does that mean to you?
1: Um, To me, it comes down to two words. You know, the two words are disrespect and equality, you know. And, and the reason I say that is because... When you are a machista, right, or you're, you know, you have this toxic masculinity way of thinking, you right away think that you're better than a woman because you are a man, which which is ridiculous when you think about it. Right. At the end of the day, we're all people. We should all be equal. And to be honest women can't do a lot of the caring when it comes to a lot of things in this world and in this life. You know what I'm saying? We, I, we wouldn't be here because if it wasn't for a woman, you know what I'm saying?
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, you know, I, when, for me, it it comes down to just to, you know, it's disrespectful. Talk to me. Toxic masculinity is disrespectful. You know, it's, it's, it's blatantly being disrespectful. It's thinking you're better than somebody else and, you know, and, and not to not to make excuses, but at the same time, we're, we we grow up sometimes thinking that way without even knowing that we're being toxic because we're we're so used to it being around us. No, absolutely. Know? And another point I wanted to and another thing I wanted to mention was, you know, you said that um, how you know how girls are told also, you know, to be kind of submissive and stuff like that, and it works both ways. You know, like there's men that grow up in a house full of women and are toxic. <laughs> As hell, you know, can be more toxic than a person that was raised with with a you know with both his parents or with just yeah. men, you know, because we we all carry that same mentality of like, well, men sometimes men aren't supposed to be in the kitchen. Men aren't supposed to do dishes, that's a woman's job. There's a lot of men and women that think that way, you know, and so it creates this, again, this culture and this way of thinking of like, now this man, now this boy grows up to be a man is like You're supposed to be in the kitchen cooking for me. You're supposed to be doing the dishes. I don't got to do none of that. Even if he's not working, even if he's not doing nothing, it becomes a thing where it just becomes a way of thinking and a way of life. And that's the way it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And you know what? So I grew up, I'm the oldest of three girls. And so in our household, it was very different. Because I because I was the oldest, I would have to like anything that my dad would do with a boy. He would since I was the oldest, I would have to do it. Right. Help me move furniture. Help me Mm -hmm. do this. Help me do that. So I became I think just being the oldest and having to kind of take that role as well gave me somewhat of a different mindset in regards to I just do it because I had to. But also, I realized that it was, and even as an adult, and these are things that I've had to work through, how because that can also be very off-putting to some people. But that's all I knew because that was my role. Right. In our house, it wasn't the the girls did the dishes. It was the kids did the dishes. Right. I was, We would mm-hmm. pray for a dishwasher. My mom would be like, why do you think I had kids? <laughs> I had kids to do this. But to this day, do I have a dishwasher? Do I use it? No, of course. No. I still do this. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Right. <laughs> You know, we beg for what we want when we're younger. We have it and we, it's so ingrained of us in us of well we never had it. So why we use it? It's just a glorified dish rack at this point.
1: Uh, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at what point did you start noticing or what point was it pointed out to you? Did you take a class like what at what point did you start realizing that some of the things that you were seeing and maybe even reflecting would be considered toxic. And what was your thought process in regards to that? And how did you start changing that?
1: That's a very good question, Jessica. That's a very good question. <laughs> very
0: good question. Yes, that means I'm doing my job. Um, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. You're doing your thing. Um, for me, really, it all started for me. I'm going to say, you know, when I had my first kid, you know, I think that was the beginning. Of, Did you of
0: have a son journey. or a daughter?
1: I, I had a son. And I, I'm going to say that's when the journey began, because at that point, I still wasn't, I still had not realized certain things about myself and my behaviors. Like, I still fully had not understood, right? And I, I just, you know, I just feel like I, I say that's the beginning of my journey, because that's really the reason why I feel like everything that I'm doing right now and everything that I, you know, everything that I've been trying to practice, everything that I've been trying to do is really because of my children, because I want them to grow up in a better place and I want their kids to grow up in a better place. But I think that that's when my journey started and it it started because now I see the responsibility that I have, you know, as a father, as an adult that I have to shape in a way, shape the mind and shape how this young boy now is going to think and look at people, right? And look at women or look at whoever he wants to look at. How is he gonna do that? How is he gonna do that? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, Parents, we're the ones that pretty much have we have the head start. You know, they get to a certain age where you know they have television, they have music, they have all these things that you know that get into their heads that you can't stop because this is life. But we have the first chance to really start shaping their minds and start you know having them think in certain ways so that some of those behaviors that you may have learned that you're unlearning, they don't even learn to begin with. You know what I'm saying? And they're able to just be ahead of the game as they get older because they're gonna. They're going to confront these situations regardless, but they'll be able to face them in certain ways, you know, and the same way that me now as a man, I'm able to be like, if someone says something to me that I feel like is toxic or is like is negative and I'm able to have that conversation with them and call them, you know, call them in instead of calling them out, just have a conversation with them about it. I'm hoping my son can do that. Maybe in middle school, you know what I'm saying maybe in high school instead of just being down with everybody because that's the cool thing to do. you know what I'm trying, you know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah
1: so th- th- that's, that's really when my journey really started when it came to. That. I was really having my children having my kids you know and just trying to just teach them what I wasn't taught and teach them another way of thinking instead of just thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be all the time.
0: So do you have boys and girls or just boys?
1: Yes, I have a I have a 10 year old son. Um, and I have a three year old daughter. My you know, for my when it comes to my daughter, I try my best to be there for her, not just like that's daddy's little girl, but be for the, be there for her also emotionally. You know, like be there, be open, be able to have conversations with her as well. Because I think also in society it shows this thing where like You know, like, yeah, girls love their dads, but it's always because, you know, they're the protector, they're this. But I want to show my daughter that I'm also vulnerable as well. You know, you can have a conversation with me about whatever it is you need to have a conversation about. You know, just because I'm a man doesn't mean I'm not open to that conversation. Because God forbid, you don't know what happens in life. You know, things happen and you want to have, you know, have those conversations with your kids.
0: Well, speaking of, actually... How do you start those conversations? Well, you say your son's 10, Mm -hmm. your daughter's three. How do you, at what point, like, what is the conversation? If there's parents listening and they, maybe they've never really thought of it. Maybe they just thought, oh, well, I'm going to reflect this. And I think that's, you know, it's always, you know, it's good to reflect those types of things. But how do you start that conversation? And at what age, like, did you start having those conversations with your son?
1: Oh, well, with my son. As far as these conversations go, it's been years now. Like he's 10 now. I'm going to say my son is very, has been always very talkative as well and very advanced with his language. Very like open to everything. So I see that my advice to parents would be as soon as your kids can understand something, whether it's on TV, whether it's something that happened, instead of just trying to turn the TV off or try to be like, no, I'm not going to tell them about it. Try your best to use that to be a learning moment your best to use that as an, as an experience or a moment where they can get something out of it, you know, because I remember growing up a lot of times it was either like telling me I'm doing something wrong growing up or no, you're too young to see this. You're too young to see that. And yeah, sometimes we are too young to see certain things, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a conversation, age appropriate conversation about whatever it is that they saw on television, whatever it is that they heard on the radio, whatever it is that's going on in the world, whatever it is, you know, I think that we, since we are so advanced now technology, Technology-wise, we have so many opportunities to have these learning conversations and experiences with our kids. So we have to take advantage of them, advantage of them, and not allow the outside world teach them things. Because if you allow that to happen, that's going to end up happening, you know. Because they have everything at their hand. They have YouTube. They have Google. They have all these things that they can just look up stuff. But it's it's our responsibility as parents to just, as soon as your kids understand, as soon as your kids are able to have conversations have those conversations with them. And also, I also want to say another thing when it comes to having young kids as well, even though they're not as developed with their language, it's important to also teach them self-esteem. It's important to teach them affirmations, things like that. You know, my daughter's three years old and I, we tell her every single day, you know, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're smart, you're intelligent, you know, so that she grows up with that self-confidence that she knows it herself, that, she, that she's these things. So it's never too late. It's never too late. And it's never too early to have these conversations with your kids.
0: It wasn't there. Has there ever been anything that your son has asked you that you were like, oh, the hell, where the hell did he see this? And then have to try and explain, try and explain something that he saw. Because kids are so bombarded with so much versus when I grew up, when you grew up, I feel like there's not much that isn't shown on tv in one way or another these days has there been something that was very toxic that maybe maybe it's something that he either saw or something that he was trying to emulate that he saw that you were like time out dude yo we gotta talk
1: yeah i mean it ha- happens all the time like i'm gonna tell you straight up it happens all the time because <laughs> like you if you watch it if you watch a tv show right a lot of times it's always like the guy going after the girl, like I said earlier, the guy pursuing the girl. Right. And it's always like that. So when he's seeing it and he's laughing or whatever, and I'm just like, I'm like, you know, that's not that funny. Right. You know, that? I'm like, you know, that's not the way it works. And you know, that's not how, that's not how you should go about it. You know, whatever it is, if it's going after a girl, if it's, you know, and even music videos. I'm sorry. Let me get into music videos. Yeah. Like, if oh, we see a music video yes, please. Because you know, actually be I wanted happy. to
0: talk about that <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
1: you know, music videos, you know, my son is 10 and we play music videos in this house. You know, we have artists that we like. We like the bad bunnies. We like the Mike Towers. We like the Nikki Jams. We like all types of artists. Right. And their videos usually have these, you know, usually have women, you know, and that are dancing and, and doing all this. And then the videos, you see the men, basically... you know, and all that stuff. And I'm like, all right. I tell him, like, you know, that's not, um, That's not the way to to really go about it. You know what I'm saying? Slapping a woman's ass is not the way to go about it. You know, that's something that's private. That's something that's personal. Don't, you know, don't think that just because you see it in a video, if you go outside, if you go to a pool one day or to a beach and you see a girl with a bikini on, doesn't mean you can just, she walks by you and you like her and she smiles at you. Even if she smiles at you, it's not giving you the right to put your hands on her. And those are little things like that that we have conversations about. And I'm just always reminding him, you know, and my son is always, I want to give a shout out to my son, you know, because my son is very, very open to these conversations with me. He's always like he's always open to asking me for advice about stuff. And again, that's work that you have to do as a parent. You start young having those conversations. Your kids will will come to you and ask you questions about certain things. You know, will they still hide stuff from you, of course, because they're kids. But when it's something serious, something they really want to know about before they search it on Google, they'll ask you.
0: Yeah. Well, there wasn't Google when I was growing up. So honestly, I think a lot of, I I think I would ask maybe some things to my parents, but I think it was a lot between friends. You know, I was telling you right before we started recording that my cousin had sent me, a or I saw something that my cousin had posted and I was like, oh my gosh, talk about timing. And I want to share this with you. I asked her if it was okay if I shared this. And she said, yes, absolutely. Because this is a very clear, I mean, this is super clear, right? There's, I feel like there's very clear ways of toxic masculinity and there's those subtleties. So this is a very, very clear way. And something that you were saying earlier, I don't, there's nothing wrong with a man pursuing the, pursuing a woman, but yes, you're right there. This is when it goes too far. Okay, so this guy had asked if she was betting against her his Jayhawks and so she's telling him that she wants that she doesn't want to waste his time that she thinks he's nice and she wishes him the best but she doesn't want to have, literally she's literally saying but I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want there to be any blurred lines on what this is so let's just not talk or try to contact each other again, please being very very nice. Then he continues and says that he understands and he doesn't and he's not going to lie uh, that he's stubborn and normally he'd be cool with it. But he liked her vibe and he that she definitely hits oh, the yeah, boxes yeah. that he sorely missed of being alone during the crazy 2020 year. Yes. Like she literally just told him, let's not talk. And now he's he's just said no. And then he's saying that he thinks that they could make good friends. And he's working on getting his mind back to where it was before the pandemic. And he said, I just wish you could give me the benefit of the doubt. And she again responds, I believe you, but I have no room for drama in my life and for someone to get their shit together. She said, I completely have no interest in that. It's not up for debate or convincing. It's just how it is. So accept that. I'm going to ask that if you do see me, leave me alone. Because I I don't think you're really understanding what I'm trying to say to you. Good luck with your stuff, getting your stuff together. Really. Again, he continues to message her, and saying he's depressed and he has his yes, he has his life situated. He hasn't seen any of his family in over a year. Like he keeps going, and he's like, "You are honest to goodness a spark in the dark for me. I'm going to find my way out, but the more light I have, like he's trying to convince her, and. She was just, Mm -hmm. again, she's like, I understand what you're saying, but I don't want any part of it. I'm going to, like, you can see her tone changing, right? Trying to be nice again. And then she's, I'm going to go my own way. You go yours. Good luck. I hope things get better for you. Again, he's like, well, since our friend groups are intertwined, I'm sure our ways will cross at one point or another. I'm stubborn after all. Trying to be, I don't know if he's trying to be cute. And again, she's like, this is going to be my last message to you. I need you to understand how comfortable oh you made God. me. Yes. You made me when you sent me like 20 texts overnight, called my phone numerous times, sent me like he apparently sent her money. She's like, I told you I didn't want anything to do with you. And then you came and sat with me. She's like, I guess they were out somewhere and she had to sit with strangers to get away from this. And it's like a whole big paragraph. And she's like, do you understand how all of that make could make me uncomfortable? I shouldn't have to explain this to you. When I say I don't want anything to do with you, I mean it. You won't change my mind. We won't be friends. I'm not here to help you. That's it. I don't want want you to contact me. And if we see each other in passing, ignore each other. Respect that and respect me. Literally, this happened two minutes before we got on this podcast. And I was like, (gasps) I messaged my cousin. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to get on a podcast talking about toxic masculinity. Can I use this? She's like, (laughs) yes, please use this. Now, this is a very obvious and overt, but I have gotten stuff like this where I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, In fact, I actually recently experienced this where somebody was trying to talk to me and I just wasn't feeling it. And. I said, look, I need space, but then he kept messaging me. I know I'm needy. I know I'm needy. And finally, I was like, look, I just can't, right? I just can't. And then he tried to turn around on me saying, well, you're this and you're that. And how could you do this? And, and I, li- I had to block him from everything because I'm like, here oh I am trying God. to be nice. But this happens to women often. On dating sites, you might like somebody, right. a guy says something, and then you're like, no, thank you. And then they get cruel and dirty and mean. What do we have it's to do within that, our culture?
1: That, that, that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go, go, Musa. I'm going to you go. <laughs> All
1: right. So that, that just, that's just the whole thing just made me cringe. Like, you know, it made me cringe. And You know, like you told me earlier, like if there's any parents listening to this and you have any young, you know, you have a son, you're raising a son, teach your son consent, teach your son what no means, because this is the problem. You know, the problem is that no one teaches us this. No one teaches that. If you pursue a woman, right, and she's not interested, that means she's not interested. And it's always like, oh, well... She's not, she's not really not interested. I need, I need to do something else to get her. I need to, I need to, to keep talking. I need to, I need to keep getting my way in, you know, and things and those situations escalate, you know, that that's how sexual abuse happens. That's how, that's how rape happens because those things escalate, you know what I'm saying? The same way someone does it with their words, they, they do that way, they act that same way physically, right? Oh, well, no, no, she, she's not saying no. She really, she really wants me. She was, really, no. So it, it's, it's, it's very sad. That because I know that, like you said, a lot of women have to go through this, you know, and it's unfortunate that women have to go through this. I think that the the only way we could fix this, the only way we can fix this is, is if men start checking other men. And that's the reason why I started my platform was to have these conversations, you know. And I've been able to speak to have conversations with, with other men about these kind of situations so that we understand that when someone says no it means no, it doesn't mean go harder. It doesn't mean it, in, in this aspect of life, <laughs> you know, maybe something else, you know, if, if, you've, if you lose at a game or you, you know, you fail your career or you, you know, whatever the case may be and you're able to bounce back, yes, that be persistent with. But when it comes to somebody else's emotions and feelings, if someone says no, they're not interested. If someone says no, they're done. They don't want to talk to you anymore. If someone says that and they do it in such a nice and polite way, which most of the time, that's exactly how it goes. You know, women usually say, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. Thank you for the compliment. I've seen that many times. But men fail to understand that what no means. Men fail to understand what consent means.
0: It's like and they don't hear the, the no, they hear the thank you, right? They ignore that. They're like,
1: oh, well. So and I understand why women are very guarded and defensive when when men pursue them. I could totally understand why. Why the hell would I be, the last guy was nice to wouldn't leave me alone. So why the hell would I be nice to this guy, you know, if I'm not interested? And then guys be like, well, look how difficult to speak to women because women have an attitude. Well, yeah, they have an attitude because unfortunately you don't check your boy, you don't check your friend when he's doing the craziness that he's doing. And at the end of the day, all of us men are responsible for this behavior. We're all responsible for it because we've all been in a situation. We all know somebody that does that or that has done it before. And if you fail to check that person in, you fail to, to press them about that, then you're just, you're just part of the problem as well.
0: Yeah. Speaking so so of whoever's that,
1: listening to this.
0: Check I'm your boys. Sorry, sorry. No, check your boys. right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, yes. You got to check them. You got to, you got to check, check your boys.
0: Now, what do you do when it's okay? For example, let's, let's take an example of locker room talk, right? And okay. boys will be boys. That is a, Term that drives me insane, and I don't know at what point it started driving me insane, but it's been for a very long time. And especially within our culture, la Latino culture, it's very much look. I don't oops. Look, see, see. It's all this wine getting me all riled up. No, (laughs) no. It's it's one of those things where you grow up, and a lot of times your mom and your tias are serving the plates for their for the men. Look, I don't mind serving a plate every once in a while. But you want refills, you don't ask me. You get up, you got two legs, you can go do it yourself. Like, there's some times where I don't mind right, doing Right, right. You know, I, I really, it, it doesn't bother me. But I don't want it to be expected. Is that, like, you know, like, right. if I want to do it, 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 then that's my choice. Because, yes, you're sitting down, oh, you're sitting down watching the game. Yeah, I don't mind. Like, I, I probably will be watching the game, too, because that's just how I am. But... I don't mind getting <laughs> up, making, a, you know, bringing you a plate. But and th- and that's how I am when people are at my house. Like I want to I'm the host. If people are here, I want to take care of them. But then when it's expected, then I feel like there's like a dynamic mm-hmm. shift. I might be in the middle of something and you're asking me to get up and serve you. You have two legs. You're five feet from the food. Why yes, can't you when, do it when yourself?
1: It's, when, it, when it's expected, it's, it's it's wrong, you know what I'm saying <laughs> like it shouldn't be expected. it should be it should be something you want to do for somebody because you want to do it for them right For example, let's say you're let's say my wife is sitting down and she's watching a show right and like she's really in, she's really invested into what she's watching right and there, and whatever the case may be. What? I can, she has to pause her show, even though I'm not doing absolutely nothing and I can't get her a plate of food because because I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think about it, it makes it's the most ridiculous and one of the most dumbest things ever in the world. You know what I'm trying to say? And I grew up with the same thing. It was always the woman getting up, getting the place for the men. The men is just sitting down, drinking their beers, having conversation. You see the woman getting plates for them. And I still you still see that. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight up when I see that happening, I'll be like, bro. What's up? Why? She get your own plate. Most of the time, the woman has to get the, the the woman's getting the plate for herself. No, sorry, the plate for her husband, for her man. She's getting the plate kids. for her kids, and uh, then a plate for herself. Eventually, at the end of the day, and then she has to feed the kid. And then she, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bro, get up and help her out. I'm saying when we go to parties, I'm the one to get up and I'm ready to. My plate could be the last one. I make sure my kids have food most importantly that my kids are eating, make sure my wife has her plate and that we and we we're all eating. You know what I'm saying? It's never, oh, go get my plate, I'm gonna sit down. And I think yeah. that again, that's us as a society and as a culture having the same mentality because we need to also women need to stand up and be like, listen, go get your like you said, like you go get your own food. You know what I'm Bro, you know what I'm saying? Like what what are we doing here? Like
0: And believe me, <laughs> I have actually up. I have actually said that before. But you also have Shout to, out to, to you expect though. that for Shout yourself. Out to- <laughs>
1: Yes. You know, shout as out women, for, we have to stand up, up for ourselves. Sh-
0: Thank you. Yes. Thank you shout out!
1: Shout out! To, shout out to you for standing up for yourself, and and that we need more. You know, we need more of that. We, it needs to be a balance. We need because unfortunately, this stuff is so like so deep into into us men. It's like it's like you're telling us. <laughs> it's like you're telling a man. Like it's like you're selling him like a. Like a physics uh, a problem or something like you know something out of this world. They need to figure out like when it's just like the simplest thing in the world. is Like get a plate and and, and, fig- and figure it out, bro. Like get your food and have a seat and enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone can just enjoy like this whole thing of you have to give me my plate. You have to give me my plate. It's it's so ridiculous, Jessica. It's just so ridiculous.
0: But let's get back to locker room talk because that's what, what I was initially talking about. When you're have when you're with your boys, just boy time and everything. I'm sure like just like with girls, I think girls are definitely go into it a little bit more in depth than than guys do. But how do you navigate still having boys time and still whatever and yeah, you can talk about what's happening without encouraging that machismo culture.
1: Um, you know, Hey. locker room I hate that just like you I hate that term locker room talk yeah I hate the boys will be boys talk you know I, I really don't I'm not a fan of that because you, what is that even supposed to mean boys will be boys I'm gonna be honest with you like growing up for a lot of for a lot a lot of years Jessica I was I was guilty of just being quiet you know what I'm saying I'm just like not I feel like Girl, like I didn't agree with it, but I wouldn't say anything about it. Like I would just be okay with listening to the conversation, whatever it is. Even if I'm at the barbershop, shop, I'm with my yeah. boys. Whatever the situation may be, I, I was okay with listening to it. You know, and I think that as I as I got older, I realized how powerful your voice can be. And not everything has to be a, a fight. Not everything has to be an argument. It could just be a discussion. So as I've gotten older and I've been able to really master and, and practice on how I use my words and how I express myself. I use it to my advantage. You know, if, if, some, if I feel like I now don't feel uncomfortable, I just now have a conversation about it. You know, whatever it is, like whatever, whatever it is. You, listen, I'm the kind of person I've always been very private about who I'm with as far as whatever it is. Even when I was growing up and I was in school, if I had a girlfriend, I wasn't the type of dude to be with my boys and be like, yo, she did this. She did that. We did this. I was never like that. You know, I was never like that. And I didn't like other other dudes talking to me about what their girl did, what they, you know, what they're doing. I was never, I was never into those type of conversations. But now as an adult, when that happens, I'm just like, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the talk to the dude on the side, whoever it is, and be like. You know, I think that's a conversation you y'all should have. You know, you should have with your girl. I don't think your girl would like you talking about her like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think that's something that if you really love your girl, that's somebody you really love you the way you, you talk about her, then I don't think you should be sharing that with us, you know, talking to her like I don't think she would like that. You know, when I and by that I mean by like sexual acts and things like that. Some things are just meant to be private. You know, some things are not just to be out there to tell everybody and tell the whole world, you know, and, and things like that. But, but um to to me, the whole boys will be boys thing is, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I attend a, a men's healing circle, which has also helped me a ton. You know, that's another, another thing I'm going to advise to anybody who's listening. I do a woman's women healing circle. May have a partner and me think so that you know those healing circles are a big thing because you're able to see and hear other people's experiences and how they navigate through women how they deal with them and and things like that and it also shows you maybe different ways you can handle situations but you know something that i learned in the healing circle is that a lot of us men don't agree with boys over boys but a lot of men unfortunately don't speak up and don't say anything about it you know we stay quiet about it we just figure like damn i'm not gonna I'm not going to like it's four against one. I'm not going to say anything, you know. And like I said, I think it has to be a thing where like maybe one week, every single week, pick out one of your boys to have a conversation with them about whatever it is that, you know, whatever it is, their behaviors, their toxic behaviors, whatever it is, you know, pick one of them. Maybe in a group setting, it won't work because you know how it is and everybody's in a group, but maybe. Once a week, you pull out one of your boys, you know, check in with them, have a conversation, a phone call, FaceTime, whatever works for you because it's COVID. But, you know, I think that's important to do. You know, I think it's important that we make sure that we we understand that our our words are powerful and they can make a difference in somebody's life, man. It doesn't matter what you do, like use your words and you're able to have conversations with people and talk to them. You can make a difference in their life, you know, but we have to speak up like that's the only way it can happen is by speaking up. And I'm hoping for a day where boys will be. I'm hoping for a day where boys will be boys will be dead in the water and it won't be boys will be boys. It'll be you are who you are. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what it is. It's not you're supposed to be this way. You're supposed to act this way. You're supposed to look this way. It's you are who you are and you are accepted for who you are. You know, And hopefully who you are, somebody who's respectful, someone who who carries himself dignity and and is always trying to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Because this this the way. <laughs> <laughs> this, this locker room talk for me is, is not for me. And I want to be honest with you, Jessica, I'm at a point in my life where I'm not accepting of any locker room talk. I'm not accepting of that. Whether I go to a barbershop, I am quick. I am quick to have a conversation with somebody. And like I said, I'm not going to blow you up in front of everybody because that's not the way to go about it. They're calling out. That's not the way to go about it. Sometimes you got to call people in and check them in and have a conversation with them on the side. And that's the way it's more effective to go about it.
0: Yes, Moso, love that. Because there's so many other things to talk about. Life brings us so many things that if that's the only thing that we can talk about, what kind of life do you actually have, right? Right. You're a program counselor in a juvenile detention center, which is... Correct. Wow. How do you apply this knowledge to the young people that you work with? Are these conversations that you're able to have in your job? And how do those kids respond to that?
1: It is it is a very difficult job. You know, I'm going to be honest. It is a very difficult job. It's a job that takes a lot out of you. And um, I go about it the same way I would go about it if I'm speaking to a group of men, you know, because with kids, it's the same thing. Kids are in a group. It's very difficult sometimes to get a message through through them. You know what I'm saying? It's very difficult because they feel like they need to show somebody up. They need to be cool. They need to be funny. You know, kids. You know, yeah, because, I was just about you know? to say. I would
0: imagine that <laughs> but, they're trying to like one up each other and and embellish and make things exactly. bigger and everything.
1: But I think that the way I go about it, the way I I maneuver, is you know, once again, I had I try to have these conversations with these kids on a one to one, maybe two to one. We have two of them, and I'm sitting down. I'm talking to them about how to go about it. You know, because working in a juvenile detention you hear a lot of stuff and you have to remember a lot of these kids come from, you know, from tough, they come from the streets. They come from, they had tough upbringings, foster homes, you know, they, they haven't had the best life. You know what I'm saying? They haven't had any type of guidance. They haven't had any type of, you know, I mean, anything, any type of structure or anything like that. So it's difficult. You have to also be understanding of that as well. So, but it's little things like, oh, like, for example, they'll be like, yeah, they have, they'll get off a phone call. Yeah, I just, I just spoke to my B, you know, so I just spoke, I just spoke to, you know, their girlfriend, my B. Now there's, there's a conversation. Now the conversation is now, listen, that's your girl. That's you. You were talking to your girl. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my girl. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that's how you get them in. Right. Cause they like talking about their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you love your girl she loves you yeah yeah i can't wait to go home and you know i can't wait to to get out of here so i can see i was like so let me ask you a question right so why are you calling a a b and it's always a it's when you when you ask that question it's always a a pause
0: because they don't know they honestly don't know right
1: right right it's like it's like a it's like a. a, am like listen i'm like let me ask you a question why If you really love somebody or you like somebody, you don't call them that. You know what I'm saying? That's not, she has a name, right? You can just call her your girl, your girlfriend, whatever it is, your lady, whatever you want to call it. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes it works. And sometimes it only works when I'm around. Like they'll see (laughs) me and they'll be like, yeah, my girl. Or they might say my, they might say my, my, and be like, oh, oh, he's here. Yeah, my girl, you know, and, and switch it up. But I know that a lot of times it's for, because they have a crowd and they have yeah. the other, their peers around and they feel like they have, to, they have to act a certain way. But I'm hoping that they remember the conversations that we have, something as small as that. And when they get out of this juvenile detention, they all go out and they go out to the real world, they're able to apply some of that, you know? And something as small as, as addressing your girlfriend or women, period, you know, to the B word, it's not something that 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 shouldn't be so regular and normal, and I feel like it's very very regular and normal, and it's because of society and because of music and because of culture and all this other stuff. But that's the way I go about speaking to the kids in the juvenile detention center. I go about it because I know that it's sensitive situations. I know that it's not easy. I know they're going through a lot, and um, you know I try my best. It's, like I said, I I always I'm always I'm the friendliest dude in that building. The kids love me, so it's easy for me to have these conversations with them but I always, I always start the conversation. It's never like a, yo, you did something wrong. You did because that's how, once you start a conversation like that with them, they are turned off and they're not listening to anything you're saying at that. no matter how much they respect you. If you start a conversation like that, you know, yelling at them and telling them they're doing the wrong thing. You no, know, you have to be able to ease into it and really just ask them a question. Like, do you, is that, is that, is that how you really would address somebody you really like and love, you know, and that, that'll, that'll make them just think. And then, They'll go to bed that night. Maybe they'll have they'll have a, a thinking moment and be like, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't call my girlfriend that, you know?
0: So have you had a moment, whether it's in front of these kids that you work with or in front of your children, where you have reverted back to something and then you're like, crap! And then you had to explain it to them of, of <laughs> what you did and why you did it and why it was wrong?
1: Um, I'm trying to think... Because I'm going to be honest, like I'm very, very um aware of my actions, especially when I'm around my kids, when I'm around at work, so, you know, I'm very aware of my actions, but of course I make mistakes, Jessica. You know, of course I made mistakes. Of course I, you know, whatever whatever mistake I made, whatever it is it, you know, that, that I do, I always make sure I apologize. And I make sure that, that they see that that I'm apologizing because I was wrong and I made a mistake. You know, um trying to think of maybe the time, but I can't really think off the top of my head right now of the time. I mean, I have like for example, like I said, I'm not a big I'm not a big cusser. I don't curse a lot, you know, but even something like that using the, using that type of language when something happens, you know, whether it be because I'm driving and something happened and, you know, road rage and my like, son is in the back and stuff like that, you know, I'm always like, I apologize for using that language. I was wrong for that. That's not the way to properly express myself. No matter what's going on, that's not the way to go about it. And we have other words we can use to replace that, you know? And like you said, sometimes we need to use those words you know, for emphasis, but I think that it's also important. It's those kids are gonna learn those words anyways, but it's important to teach them at a young age that there's other words that can replace those words. Oh, words my that, biggest you know, word
0: is we, jerk when we're driving.
1: Yeah, that's my yeah, dad's word. Yeah.
0: I'm not a bit, I don't have a lot of road rage. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, hey, whatever.
1: Oh man! <laughs> right, but you know, like what I, what I do is, I have something that's you know here we have, where we have something called circle ups, and that's like when you, you you know you get everybody in a group together and you're able to have a conversation and you know how you're feeling, kind of like a family meeting, because we have family meetings here as well, you know, and I'm gonna say this not to put my family business out there, but like one of the words that we use constantly in this house is, oh, that's so annoying. Oh my God, you're so annoying. Oh my God. And I feel like it's <laughs> such a mean word to say, right? To call somebody so call somebody annoying is such a mean thing to say. So in the last family meeting, I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to challenge ourselves to not say that. Let's replace that with somebody, with something else, you know, because I soon my 3 year olds going to be running around saying, you're so annoying. You're so annoying because <laughs> she hears it so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, and I feel like, I feel like we're not that annoying. Like we're not that annoying to each other. Like we're not annoying. Can we stop calling it annoying? Like we're not. <laughs> but um, that—that's pretty much how I go about it, Jessica. You know, i i i think that um, as I've gotten older, I realize that it's important to be honest and open with with kids, with your kids, with your kids, with any with any type of youth. It's important to be open and honest with them. And especially as a man, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to make sure that I show them that it's not always going to be sweet it's not always gonna be an easy win it's not always gonna be easy you know i mean and i say that because growing up whenever my father told me a story he was always the winner my dad never told me a story of a time where he struggled my dad never told me a story of a time where he maybe not that he struggled but like he struggled but he always won it was never like yeah i i failed and you know i had to you know it was never that you know what i'm saying it was never that and it's impossible because we all fail we all go through through life, and we all have our downfall at times, and we go through our struggles. So you know it's important that we have those conversations with the youth, so that they know that it's okay to sometimes not be a hundred percent. It's okay sometimes that you sometimes you are gonna fall. But it's important how you bounce back and get back up. Yeah, but, um, that's how I go about having these conversations.
0: Well, you know when I was talking and saying how I was joking and saying like I hit back, I was really joking because it is important that we as <laughs> women. Like, it, fortunately, I've not ever been hit, but I've been shoved. And I've never really said this before, but it just was making me think of this relationship that I was in. And this is why it's important that we recognize those traits as women. And we have to recognize that what those red flags and be able to get out in time before something progresses more. Because I had a, a relationship that was about three years a little over three years. And that was my longest relationship. And I was always like that friend who would talk shit to my other friends, just leave, just leave, just leave. And then this relationship, like Mm -hmm. I, if it was anybody else, I would have been like, what are you doing? Leave, leave, leave. And I was in that relationship. And it was a very emotionally abusive relationship. And I think we forget that that is part of being, you know, part of toxic. It can be, it's part of, a toxic environment regardless of sex. Yes. And right. But there was always that fear like he never raised a hand to me, but it was I was always scared that he might.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I not once did he like like puff up to me, not once did he like flinch at me, not one, like none of that. But it was just the fact that I and he would and he said he didn't but he did hit, shove me one time and yeah i think we have to recognize those traits as women because i did not leave at that point and those that's that's a huge red yeah, flag yeah. if somebody's continuing to put you down and that those are traits of a right. toxic person and we have to recognize mm-hmm. those and know where to turn to where does a man because i think We've been talking about toxic masculinity, but where does a man turn to if he feels like his masculinity is being taken by his relationship? Where do you go? Because isn't obviously I don't know because I'm not a man. Does a man feel embarrassed and emasculated and not know where to go if the situation is reversed? Because we do have right. this, so you s- give me like- this society of you need to be the man, you need to do this, you need to do that.
1: Right. So, you know, first off, thank you for sharing that, you know, that experience, uh, you know, um, and, and being open about it, because I know that's not easy to do. So thank you for sharing that with me um, and with your listeners. That's 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 super dope for you to be open like that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Jessica, you know, it's about understanding what a healthy relationship is, you know, and like you said, it can be men can be toxic and women can be toxic. Right. As far as emotional abuse, physical abuse, any type of abuse, it's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's not healthy. And we have to look at the red flags. Like so we, have to, we have to look at the red flags and we have to make sure that we as people love ourselves enough that when we see a red flag, we know, listen, no matter what kind of sweet things he did for me or she did for me, no matter what type of nice thing, no matter how nice he is when he does that, he just showed me a side that I don't ever want to see again. And the only way you won't see it ever again is if you disconnect from that person. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you won't see it again, because at the end of the day, unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of us, have a lot of work to do, you know, with ourselves. And unfortunately, you know, emotional abuse, physical abuse, a lot of that stuff sometimes is from, is from trauma from being young and and you know growing up and seeing those things. Or, you know things like that so people have a lot of work to do with themselves so as far as 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 a as a man being in that situation yeah you know but the thing is usually what, what ends up happening is i feel like if a man was in that situation where for example the, the woman is physically abusing him and, and he feels emasculated right i feel like at that point once again both partners have a lot of work to do with themselves it's just an unhealthy relationship They, you know at that point the man is not even feeling about thinking about being emasculated to him that's normal the way she thinks that's normal. When a man or a woman is emotionally abusive to their partner or physically abusive to them, that they think that is normal. That is the way a relationship is supposed to go. To them, that is a healthy relationship. You know, if you realize that's not a healthy relationship, you feel like that is wrong, that's your way to get, you know, that's your time for you to get out of that relationship. You know, until that person is able to realize what they're doing is wrong. Unfortunately, some people don't ever realize it, but... I think that that's a good point you said. It's, in, it's important that we look at the flags. We look we look at the red flags, and we we try to get out of those relationships when we see those red flags because it, they escalate. You know, it starts off with oh he he shoved me. Next thing you know, he's punching you. Next thing you know, he's you know what I'm saying like he's kicking you. Like, and again, a lot of these things is, is it's passed on. It's generational, man. Like if you're if you're a young man, if you're a boy growing up and you saw your mother get hit. You would think, damn, you saw your mother get hurt. Damn, I don't want I saw my mom get hurt. I wouldn't you would think that's how it works, but sometimes the way your brain works is that's what you saw. So that's what you learned. So that's yeah. the way to go about it. And that's then that's how that's how you go and follow your next relationship, you know, as you get older, that's how we learn to, to love, right?
0: So, that's what we think love is. Exactly.
1: Looks like. So you think that's what it looks exactly. So it's like, you you know, like a lot of people say, Well, you would think, you know, you saw your mom getting you saw your mom getting physically abused. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to your girlfriend? Why would you do that to your wife? Well, that's because that's what he that's how he learned how to love. That's what he saw every single day. He saw his father hitting his, his you know, his mother and that's that to him. They were still together. They would, you know, now if they would have separated and the mom would have a conversation with the son and be like, Listen, I'm sep- I separated from your father because of this, this, that, and the third, you call it what it is, and that's what needs to happen sometimes. At the end of the day, when someone's doing something to hurt you. You have. If you have kids, you have to think about your kids. If, you, know, you have to think about yourself. Think about yourself and think about your kids. But if it's just by yourself, you have to think about yourself. You have to put yourself first. And I say this all the time. You need to love yourself. Don't ever put yourself in a position, a relationship, a situation where you're being hurt and getting hurt. Whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you, know, you need to love yourself. And abuse, any type of abuse, whether it's emotional and physically, because a lot of emotional abuse, people don't talk about. You know, the, yeah. the little comments here and there, whether it be whatever it is. You know, one time I went once time I went out, a quick story. That's okay, Jessica. Of
0: course, no, of course.
1: Um, once I was on a, one time we went on a trip and it was a, a bunch of us went to like it was another Poconos, you know, like in Pennsylvania. So it was, you know, it was I forgot so the holidays, it was cold and everybody got hungry. So like the guys went out to McDonald's to get some food or whatever. You know, so I, I get my wife some stuff, you know, that I know she'll like. And then there's one dude who goes, you know, we're like, I'm like, yo, aren't you going to get your, your, your wife something? He's like, he's like, nah, she's fat. Da, 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 da. I'm like, and I'm looking, first of all, I'm looking at him. Like, so why the hell are you eating? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so why are you eating? You know what I'm saying? Like me, <laughs> why are you eating then? That if that's the case, you know, that's the first thing. And second, I'm like, bro, why, I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you say that? You know? So I pressed him and he, he ended up getting her something when I, you know, I'm thinking in my head and I was, I was so upset about that, Jessica. I was so upset. Cause I'm just like first off. If that's how you feel about her, why would you say that to me? That's the first thing. Second off, I can only imagine the things that you say to her, that you that you would say that to me so openly like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can only imagine the things you say to her and how you kill her self-confidence just to make yourself feel better, for whatever the case may be. You know, and a lot of men do that to women. A lot of men are so insecure with themselves that they want their partner to feel just as insecure. So they kill their confidence. They kill their self-esteem so they could feel down about themselves stay away from men like that stay away from people like that those well, sometimes are you don't
0: even realize negative, it until you're toxic. already in it right i mean that that was the case for me it was right. i didn't realize it until like the the you have that honeymoon phase and then it might be one thing and you don't mm. even think about it and then it's another thing and you know 3 years later i didn't even recognize who i was because you start accepting it because you think Nobody else is going to want you. Nobody else is going to accept you. So which speaking of, I asked you, this really hit, like really hit in a way right now. Um, I asked you if your life was described in one word, what would it be? And you said acceptance. Why did you choose that word?
1: The reason I said acceptance, accept, acceptance is because I think we as people, have a difficult time of not just accepting others, but accepting ourselves. We have to accept ourselves for who we are. And when you accept yourself for who you are, that's when you're able to see the beauty in yourself, the ugly in yourself that you need to work on, we need to learn and unlearn. The only way you could do that is by actually accepting yourself. That's the reason for me, acceptance is such a big, big word. You know, because everybody's always caught up on, Oh, you need to accept others. You need to accept this person, that person. Have you accepted yourself? Have you have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Have you looked at your actions? Have you looked at how you're treating people? Have you looked at how you're going about things? The only way you could do that is by accepting yourself, you know, and it's difficult to do that. It's difficult to look in the mirror. It's difficult to say, hey, I haven't been the best person. I need to work on this and work on that. But the only way you can do that and be the best version of you is by accepting who you are as a person. You can't just accept yourself when you're doing the right thing. You have to accept yourself also when you're doing the wrong thing and be like, yo, I need to work on that. You know, so that's why for me, acceptance has been has been a huge thing. And that's always going to be my word. And since I started this journey, that's been my words. Acceptance, acceptance, acceptance.
0: I think that's a really it's a, acceptance is a very powerful word because. I think oftentimes we have to accept what we have d- in order to continue our journey. If we want to heal, we need to accept the things that we have done in our past and realize that's part of your past and then move forward. Because if you're always denying it, then I don't think you're able to fully move forward to be the person that you're striving to be. I agree. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Mosla, as we close out, what are you looking forward? I want to give you the opportunity, first of all. If there's anything that we didn't touch on, I want to give you the opportunity to say anything else that you want to say in regards to machismo and toxic masculinity.
1: Well, you know, before we close out and then we finish this topic, um, the, the one thing I want to say is that, you know, to, to, to any men that are listening out there, men, Take the time to really look into yourself. Take the time to, to really love yourself and take the time to, to make sure that you treat others the way you wanna be treated. And to any everybody out there listening, you know, let's practice self-love. Let's practice loving ourselves. And by that, I don't just mean like, you know, physically, but also emotionally, you know, take the time to reflect, take the time to really get to know yourself better. You know, we live in a world where we just want to jump into relationships. We just want to jump into this and jump into that. You know, before you jump into anything, the, the most important relationship you can have is the one with yourself. You know, that's the most important relationship that you should cherish. That's the most, that's the most important relationship that you should really care about and love. Because if, if you don't love yourself, and and you know we hear all the time. You don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. But that's the realest thing ever. If you don't, if you can't love yourself, then you can't love anybody else. So, all, you know, those are my those are my words. When it comes to machismo, man, listen. Also, another thing I want to say, men that are listening, especially, if you see your boy doing something, you see your your you know your homie doing something, have that conversation with them. Start with the people that are closest to you. Start with your boys, your brothers, whoever it may be, you know, and it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It needs just be a simple conversation. The same way you talk about your favorite sports team, maybe once a week have a conversation about, man, what are we doing as men? You know what I'm saying? To, to, to be better, to be better men so that we can make this world a better place for our future. You know what I'm saying? And, um, that's pretty much it. man. Jessica, thank you for, thank you really for, um, But having this conversation about this topic is something I'm very passionate about. It's something that I really want to um, to just the world to just hear it. You know what I'm saying? So definitely I thank you for this. And thank you for this, for giving me this this platform to be able to speak my voice and and say how I feel.
0: Well, so I want to thank you for wanting to be on here and wanting to discuss this, because when, like I said, we met in that clubhouse room, you were the first male voice to come up and say nah this is not right yo you can't talk like this this is not what this is about this is not about you and this is a completely different situation and I remember how much I appreciated it and thinking how I wish more men would do that because oftentimes when we're talking about certain things as women and when we're in these circles it's not that we're trying to bash all men we're talking about our experiences because I know that we all know that there's a lot of really good men out there. there's also men out there that aren't the greatest or that are good but have these tendencies that can make them be seem like a creeper and, and things like that but so I appreciate that you were willing to come on and, and talk about this because I can tell how passionate you are. Last, just a couple questions where can people find you you have a podcast you have your social media where can people find you to get to really connect with you more
1: um again thank you jessica for having me man you know and, and and yeah i'm about speaking up i'm about using my voice for something positive and making a difference um it's so important but y'all could definitely check me out on instagram at underscore the real mozo y'all could check out my podcast it's watch your mouth with mozo podcast it's available on apple Spotify on there. I speak about some topics about toxic masculinity. I speak about mental health. I speak about how we can just be better people, but especially, you know, I want to reach out to men, especially, you know, so that we can start making a change in this world for ourselves and make it a better place, you know, and I'm gonna stick to that. You know, I'm gonna stick to that. Cause I remember hearing that as a kid, all my life, let's make the world a better place, but they don't really teach us how to make this world a better place. This is how Grace. we make the world a better place by having these conversations and talking about it. That's the way we make it a better place. You know Ooh,
0: that that what you're speaking is major truth right there. Last question, because we start with wine and we end with wine. Are you a wine drinker? Do, and yeah. if so, what is your favorite red, white, mm-hmm. or rosé? <sighs>
1: I'll be honest, when I drink wine, it's (laughs) rosé.
0: Dude, let me just say, there's nothing wrong with that. Rose, there are a lot of really good rosés out there. So I'm not going to laugh at you. There's some really good rosés out there.
1: You know, back in the the day, they used to call me rosé, jose. You know, that was was, was the vibe, (laughs) rosé, jose. But, (laughs) oh, yeah, Uh, my wife loves red wine, though. She loves red wine. Uh, yo listen i love i love i love your 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 show um and you're your super you're super dope host and i wish you the best and all the success in the world with this you know like you're dope you're amazing and i'm so happy that we connected on clubhouse and we have a, a for life connection you know always feel free to talk you know we could always talk whatever it is even if it's offline whatever it is i'm always open to have a conversation about this you know
0: oh thank you so much we might have you know what we maybe we'll have a follow-up I know we were kind of trying to think of a round table, but it was we'll figure that out in the future. I think um, maybe when I could travel, I can go over there because I've made so many New York <laughs> friends. Like I already had friends in New York, but I've made like so many New York friends from Clubhouse now. I have a whole community. But I appreciate yeah, same you. Here.
1: I'm, def- I'm definitely going to be going to California um, once this is over. Like I'm definitely going to be hitting the West Coast and I'm definitely going to be going, you know, different places because... Like I said, I've connected with so many people ever since COVID that I feel like I need to go to these places and really connect right? with people in, a, you know, in person. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, um, totally. Yeah, I completely you're dope, agree. Jessica.
1: You're super dope.
0: Thank you, Moso, <laughs> And to everybody else, please make sure to check out his Instagram and his podcast. And until next time, gente. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine & Chismet Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine & Chismet on our website, thewineandchismetpodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at the Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at the Wine and Chisme podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and cheesement, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.